0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. The cleric of family, yes? Put up nugget number one. Here we go. Ready? Read. Anybody ever been hunting? Yeah. What do you do when you go hunting? You, you're looking for prey. Huh? You walk through the woods or wherever you're walking. And you're not just walking. People who don't know with a trained eye, they may think you're just taking a walk. But you're not just walking. You're looking for something. And sometimes when you see or you think you have seen what you're looking for, you stop. Shh. Be quiet. I think I heard something. And then maybe a few seconds pass and then you see it's a squirrel. Oh, it ain't nothing but a squirrel. And then you go back to walking because you're hunting for something bigger than that. Oh, Jesus. And that's where the devil is with you concerning your marriage. Sometimes he's a like, shh, be quiet. And he sees something, but it's not you. And so he tells the demons, no, keep moving. We're looking for something bigger than that. We're looking for a married couple who's going to change the world if we don't do something. We're looking for a marriage who will shake a city if we don't stop them. We're looking for a married couple that if we don't stop them, everybody on their job is going to be converted to Jesus. Oh, wow. Now some of you are starting to get a little clarity why you've been in such a fight even after an encounter. Read nugget number one again, please. Satan is haunting your family. Satan is hunting for your children. Satan is hunting for your grandchildren. Satan is hunting for a door or a crack that he can get into your life and mess up your finances. He's hunting. Thank you for the light. Nugget number two, please. Ooh, we say that again. Now, notice the context, because this is me talking. The nuggets are mine. So you don't have to take them. But if you find a little hay and it eat it, Fold the sticks out. Read number two again. I don't know everything, but I don't think you can resist the devil by yourself. That's why he's always working overtime to isolate you. Stay at home on Sunday watching streaming when you could come to church. So how can you ask for grace and mercy when you can be here? The grace and the mercy is extended to those who are in the nursing home or have some kind of physical challenge that it almost makes it impossible for them to get here. Or they're no longer driving and their driver didn't show up. And Uber's got too expensive. Grace and mercy. But where's the grace and mercy when you can do it? Ooh, Jesus. Nugget number three. Married folk, would you please say that again? This is not my lesson, but later I'll teach on when are you actually married? And then I'm going to show you something from the Word of God that we've had wrong for so many years because we've tried to minister the Word of God from a westernized platform, and it's an Eastern book. And we've heard a lot of marriages taking things out of context, trying to make the Bible say a uh, a Western point of view when it's an Eastern book. but that's not my message tonight. Satan is after your what? <clears throat> oh God. Is anybody here married? Don't don't say anything. But when were you actually married? When did it when did it actually happen? From a biblical perspective. And please don't tell me when you had sex. Because consummation didn't make you married. Oh, I don't want to go there, but they're pulling me. Because if that's the case, then you're married to everybody you had sex with. So you got 10 husbands and 15 wives. Just keep looking up here. You and your wife could talk about it later on your way home. What constitutes marriage? It certainly is not what the world says. Say this again. Say, go to number four because you're going to make me teach on that and I'm not doing it. Look at number four. Your spiritual life starts going south, so does your marriage. Wow. It's hard to stay in love with a man or woman and you're spiritually dead. Because when you're spiritually dead, your flesh will rule. And your emotions will rule your flesh. And your emotions change from situation to situation, from moment to moment. You live your life based upon how you feel. And if you live your life based upon how you feel, you're getting ready to get fired from your job. Because tomorrow morning, I guarantee you, your flexors don't want to go. And it's going to ask for 10 more minutes some of you don't wore your snooze. I mean, in the new, you need a new snoozer. <laughs> You've hit the snooze button so much, you become desensitized. Right. Started out snoozing for 10 minutes, now you're snoozing an hour and a half. S- so we must pay attention to what? Our spiritual life. Nugget number five. This is rather lengthy, but we can do it. Ready? Read. I don't care what I'm facing. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's going on with my body. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what people are trying to do to me. I'm going to stand firm on what I confessed about the word of God concerning my life. Nothing is going to make me change my confession of the word of God over my life, over my marriage, over my children, over my life. Nothing's going to make me change my confession. Nothing's going to make me back up. Nothing is going to get such a grip on me that it makes me want to leave walking with Jesus. I don't care who leave, I'm staying. I'm like Peter. Lord, if I leave, where am I going to go? Who's going to love me like you? Where can I find a faithful friend like you? Lord, tell me, who can I meet that never changes? God have mercy. Is this good? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at verse number 8. Are you ready? Look on the screen so we can say it in unison together. Ready? Read. Be sober. Your family is being haunted or hunted. Your family's being hunted. When you fall out and get in strong disagreements, it's not just the two of you, there's an invisible force that's standing in the room. There's something else that's going on. You're being hunted. Some, somebody shooting at you, somebody's trying to kill you and your spouse and your children and your purpose. And for some people, the devil doesn't have to kill your purpose just to lay you long enough for finding out what it is. You finally found out, but too old, too late to do it. And fulfillment in life doesn't come from money. Come on now. If money was fulfillment in and of itself, the people who had the most money would be the happiest. Why are they killing themselves? Young man I had come speak a few years ago to speak to our men was testifying how he had all this money and drove off a a bridge or something trying to kill himself, Deion Sanders, playing football and baseball. He's got money coming from everywhere and tried to kill himself. Clearly money doesn't satisfy, not in and of itself. There are doctors that are not satisfied. There are lawyers that are not satisfied there are pastors who are not satisfied. There are school teachers who are not satisfied. There are hairdressers who are not satisfied. There are uh, mechanics who are not satisfied. There are data entry people who are not satisfied. There are postal workers who are not satisfied. There is FBI agents who are not satisfied. And the reason they're not satisfied, they're doing something. They have a career, but it's not fulfilling that hole in their soul. I'm doing this and I'm making good money and I live in a good house and I drive a nice car but when I lay my head down at night I know something is missing. I hear what all the people are saying how wonderful it is but there's like a void in my life because I know there's something I am supposed to be doing that addresses the reason that I was born. Oh, Jesus. So, the word says, it says to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring He's not a roaring lion. There's only one lion, and that's the lion of the tribe of Judah. But notice, he's seeking whom he... So that means he can't just arbitrarily pick somebody out and devour them. He's looking, he's hunting for weakness. He's hunting for a crack. He is looking, hunting for you to give him an opportunity. Who Jesus. So as a believer, when you don't have a prayer life, you're giving him opportunity. As a Christian, when you don't study your Bible, you're giving him an opportunity. Ooh, Jesus. When you talk about other brothers and sisters in Christ in a negative way, you are giving him opportunity. When you hold unforgiveness in your heart toward your spouse or anybody else, you are giving him opportunity. When you hold bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart toward anybody, you're giving the devil opportunity to put sickness and disease and to plant trouble in your life. Oh, Jesus. Is this good? So God says to be Look at verse number nine. Look at verse number nine. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him how? Steadfast in the faith. So God says to be watchful. I know you're married, but are you watchful? And you can't do both of them at the same time. You can't be watchful and taking your spouse for granted at the same time. You can only do one or the other. Are you being watchful concerning concerning your sons and your daughters today? Do you just send your kids to school or do you watch them? Because Who is that teacher? And what is that teacher telling your child that you don't know yet? What seeds is that teacher planting in the soil of your five-year-old, your seven-year-old, your eight- or nine-year-old child? Seed they're planting into the mind of your child, and you don't even know about it. You'll only see the manifestation of it six or seven more years later and know what you see in your child, you didn't plan it. But somebody did. And they did it because you were not watchful. Can I go ahead and work with it? Are you watching your husband to make sure no Jezebel take him? Are you watching your wife, making sure Jody don't take her? Or are you living in a way where you're taking each other for granted? Because they don't just stay. Ooh, God. Come on now. We got proof that even in Christian marriages, they don't just stay. Some of you are looking at me funny, all right? You better start being watchful. Hallelujah. Cuz there's hunters in church. <laughs> I'm telling you, waiting for you to slip. But you all was dancing and shouting a little earlier. God says to be watchful. I believe we should stand with other believers. Now notice one of your nuggets said, and it was me, I give the nuggets. And, and I said, I don't think you can resist the devil by yourself. And I know where the in Ephesians, where Paul talks about, put on the whole armor of God. i this we not okay. But I don't believe you can resist the devil by yourself. Come here, Minister Barrett. Guard my back. Okay. If you, if you stand like that, the devil can hit you in the head, and then you wind up with your head bumping into my head. Guard my back. Somebody help Minister uh, Barrett. He's from North Carolina. Hallelujah to Jesus. <laughs> you'd have been there if you'd listened to your wife. <laughs> I didn't expect this, but now everybody see why God sent us two helpers. Because this brother was L-O-S-T. He didn't listen to his wife. She, she told him what to do from the very beginning. Guard my back. Hallelujah. I done lost my message. (laughs) I don't believe that you can resist the devil by yourself. And some of you are trying to live by yourself and it's wearing you out. You don't have nobody you can call, don't nobody call you. Don't nobody check on you because you don't check on nobody. You don't let anybody really into your life to get close enough to help guard your backside. And I don't believe you can make this journey by yourself. It'll wear you out. Can you imagine me trying to look and make sure the enemy don't get me? I gotta, I gotta turn my head All I mean, whatever way I turn, then, then I'm in trouble. C- come here, Deke. Oh God. C- come here. Guard my side. Good students. <laughs> I saw Deacon Bursley. He said, I'm not messing up like <laughs> Mr. B. <Ben. laughs> my wife ain't here. My mama's over there. <laughs> now, you tell me, am I, to, am I in a better position to fight with somebody by my side than me trying to do it myself? I, I got in my front. I'm, I'm watching. But I got some brothers who, Jesus, you can sit with your wife. Come here, please. Please. Yeah, I don't want to lose the ladies. No, sir. Mm -hmm. I have me some brothers and sisters. So you're not making it by yourself. If you're by yourself, you're not making it. And for those of you who know you're not making it by yourself, you need to before too many hours get by, you need to call those people and thank those brothers and sisters who are standing with you, who are praying for you. Sometimes they're praying for you when you're not praying for yourself. And sometimes the devil didn't hit you. It wasn't because of your prayers. It was because somebody else was telling the devil, you can't touch her. You can't touch him. You can't touch their marriage. You can't touch my grand. So you need to thank God for your brothers and sisters in Christ who are helping you to fight the good fight of faith. Give them a great big God bless you. Thank you so much. Now do you see why I said I don't believe you can resist the devil by yourself. I'm always concerned as a pastor when I see members of Harvest Church and they don't have friends in their own church. That tells me something as a pastor about them. That out of all these people, you don't have one or two friends in your own church. What are you doing that you don't want us to see? Where are you going that you don't want us to know about? Why is your life so secret? What are you engaging? You're doing something that's causing your life to be secret. I don't want to be home with everybody in my business. Then stop doing stuff you don't want everybody in. a trap I want everybody in my business what kind of business are you doing you don't want everybody in because Jesus invited everybody into his business whosoever will come join my business there's nothing I'm doing you can't see you can get as close to me as you want to get so why is your life so secret Ooh, God. Hallelujah. Is this good? So now you, you're seeing why I said, I think, I don't believe that you can resist the devil by yourself. And, and why did Jesus send them out two by two? Come on, I'm still with the family. Why did Jesus send them out two by two? And why did God say it's not good for Adam to be alone? Who God. Can I go ahead? So God dealing with Adam aloneness to close the door in Adam's life of being lonely. God gave him a helper to prevent him from being alone. Ooh, God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. For those who think perhaps I've run off the reservation. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 11. Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. So I'm not negating what Apostle Paul has said to the church about putting on the armor. I'm just simply saying you always being by yourself is a trap of the enemy. That somehow you think you can make it on your own. The, The root of that is pride. Because pride says I don't need nobody. The root of it is pride. Good God, America. The root of it is pride. I don't need nobody. Well, how are you going to make it? Most of you got your job because somebody recommended you. And all of us are here today because somebody prayed. Prayed us out of the nightclub. Some of us prayed off of drugs and, and righteous living. Nobody in your family has successfully held a marriage together but you. Because somebody's praying. Delivering you from generational curses. Prayed you out of fussing like your mama. Prayed you away from living like your righteous living father. Delivering you from generational curses. It's good teaching. So I believe you'll need other believers to stand with you. Amen? Without the help of prayers of a few Christian friends to keep us on track, I I brought up Minister Gradney for a reason. Because without her praying for me for 40-some years, I would be like anybody else who don't have guardrails. And you will too. You'll be a sheep that scatter. You run off the reservation. You got to have people in your life that God can use to speak to you. Because sometimes God doesn't speak to you with an audible voice. Sometimes he doesn't send an angel. Sometimes he doesn't speak to you in a dream. Sometimes God will speak to you through your friends. Who's not afraid to lose you as a friend to tell you the truth. You need somebody like that in your life. That when they ask you how you're doing and you lie, they know you lying. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about a friend who, who know you, been around you lo- long enough to know that when you lie, your left eyebrow starts jumping. That's why you can't lie to your mother, Deacon Burskins. <laughs> she raised you. She had you. She knew, she, she remembered the first lie you told and how your body starts shirking. So she can look at you and say, tell me the truth. And since you're turning red, <laughs> your mama know you. Your your mama, when she's raised you, she know you so well. She know when you're dating a girl, if that girl is right or wrong for you. You don't have to listen. But she can look at that girl for a few seconds and know she can't handle my son. She's a good girl, but she can't handle my boy. I'm not saying she's a bad lady, but she's not right for my son. Who God? Isn't this good? Who God? Satan is after your vows. Remember that nugget number three. God's design and purpose for marriage was you better hear this, the clarity of family. God's design. Who's design? God's design and purpose for marriage was for a man and a woman. I need to emphasize that. God's design and purpose for marriage was for a man and a woman to have a lasting and satisfying union to nurture and raise godly offspring. As believers, you should be nurturing and raising godly offspring. You shouldn't be raising demons. Oh, God. You shouldn't be raising demons. You should be raising godly offspring. That was God's original intent from man and woman coming together. I shared with you earlier that God, for God to take care of Adam's loneliness, God created woman to be a helper and a companion to man and to procreate and prevent fornication. God's intent for marriage was for man and woman to come together and enjoy one another, but also to procreate. We have children here. Starts with S. Y'all know, can y'all, three-letter words, can y'all do that again on that? So God created that, not just for to feel good, but to procreate. And to procreate was not for singles. To procreate was not for a man and a woman who are not in covenant, who have no vows. When you don't have vows, you're shacking up. Good God of mercy. So God created marriage so that man will not fornicate. Perhaps later one teaching, I'll I'll deal with it. Can I go ahead with this? Fornication, say fornication, fornication, is the only thing that Jesus Christ justifies for divorce. And his position was from an Old Testament position. Jesus operated under the Old Covenant. The truth of the matter, the New New Testament really doesn't start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The New Covenant, biblically speaking, starts in the book of Acts. The New Covenant really started on the day of Pentecost. Are y'all listening to me? God, you ought to see your faces. So, the only legal way, oh God, can you handle this? The only legal way a married couple can get a divorce is if there's fornication. No, ma'am. I said fornication, I did not say adultery. And how many preachers included have recommended people to get a divorce simply because somebody committed adultery? And there's no biblical base for it. The only grounds in scripture to put away your wife is for fornication. Good God of mercy, we can't do it tonight. Time don't permit, but I'll break this thing down with you with Mary. Why, why it was such a challenge for Mary and Joseph? Talk to me, man. And and we we don't understand these readings because we're we're looking at the Bible from a westernized mindset. And the Bible says that Joseph was betrothed to Mary, and, w- and with our Western mind, we look at it like they were courting. She was his wife. And if you look under the Old Testament, when a man and a woman got married, the man was relieved, released from working for one year. He was supposed to spend the first year of their marriage together getting to know one another and they were to stay in his mother-in-law's house first. Because the first night that they're supposed to consummate the union, the parents were to supply the sheets. And if the man woke up and didn't want her and said she's, I I just don't want her, the parents would take the sheets and show it to the community that she was a virgin. In America, with our modernized mind, we try to make a big deal out of Mary being a virgin. You could have got any girl on the block back then. It wasn't hard for an angel to find a virgin. Might be today, (laughs) but we try to spiritualize like it was some some far-fetched thing because Mary was a virgin. All the girls were virgins because they stayed home with their daddies. It is only when this westernized thing got involved that that a man started taking a a girl away from the family. Under the the Bible way of dating, you never dated by yourself. You were always with a chaperone. Because when you were betrothed to a woman, you were already married to her. They They were just waiting for the priest to tell them when it was the right time for them to go and get it on. And the priests in those days, they believed that the stars had to be aligned a certain way before a married couple can go into their married bed and come together, uh, you understand, with the kids. Because they believed if the stars were aligned a certain way, it would release a blessing on the mother if she happens to conceive the first night. You getting a better picture now? Yeah. That's why their marriages stayed together, because of the way they did it. Wow. Oh, Jesus. So, so when the angel came to Mary and said she was going to conceive a child, Mary was already married. But she was a virgin. That's why Joseph was wrestling with whether to put her away. You can't put her away unless she's your wife. Are you all listening to me? Is this helping you at all? L- listen, we gotta, we gotta, we have to detox ourselves from this westernized mindset. Marriage is serious business with God, and the thing that Satan is after, he's after your vows. Kidding about the rice. do not care anything about that thing on your lady that you throw and other girls knocking each other over to get it. Right. <laughs> he don't care nothing about you walking down no aisle. Wow. You disturb hell. Woo. When a man or woman of God stand over you and you repeat your vows before God. Wow. Wow. The Bible says it is better that for you not to make a vow than to make it and break it. That's it. That's Satan is trying to get you married folk to go back on till death do we part. Not divorce do we part. And so in the Western world, we just play with marriage, like we play with shoes. Drive it for a while, take to the used car lot, and get another one. And if we really had a real understanding about marriage, we wouldn't be so quick to do it. Can I go ahead? I'm, I'm done. Can I go ahead just for a second? The reason you have so much challenges after you get married is because you don't know each other. Right, right. And when you were dating, you were not re- being real. Come on, clap and shame the devil. It's the truth. When you were dating, you wasn't being honest. What you want to eat, honey? Whatever you want to eat. Where do you want to go, babe? Wherever you want to go. That's not going to happen later. I, I don't like that. Oh, you don't want me to wear that? Okay, no problem. You think that's going to last? So when you date, you're really not doing anything because when you get married, you still don't know each other because when you were dating, you were faking. All of us. She's not going to see your temper yet. Ah. (laughs) Right. That's all right, baby. Huh? Yeah. Opening the doors. When you get married, in the snow, he's running around there. Open the doors. You get married, one legged, baby, baby, baby. I'm not in yet. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you was in. You're laughing, but I'm speaking truth. And I'm not saying don't get me. I'm saying these are why we have the challenges. Because we don't date right. Because dating is not in the Bible. And even when we do it, we don't do it right. When we date for six months or whatever, we think we're getting to know them. (laughs) all you're getting to know is the show because everybody's trying to catch so then you called Reverend Hal six months or sooner or later afterwards he changed She changed. I know they did. I could have told you that. He doesn't wait for me anymore like he did when we were dating. I could have told you that. He doesn't treat me like he did when we were dating. I could have told you that. When we were dating, he told me to get anything on the menu. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Give, Give whatever you want. Now he's always talking about the bills that need to be paid. Right. He didn't say none of that when we were dating. Right. So unless we get are enlightened on how did you go about this process, nine times out of ten, you're going to make a bad decision. Because you think what you see when you're dating That's what you're going to marry. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, God. Pastor, we didn't have this kind of trouble when we was dating. I know you didn't. Because nobody was being real. Stand to your feet, that's, that's, I know my time's up. When the babies say that's enough, when the children start understanding what you're saying, we need to close this session. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Would you lift both of your hands to God? Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I think we need to declare something. Say, Satan, you cannot have my marriage. Now, I don't want you to say it, I want you to declare it. I don't want you to say it, I want you to declare it. I declare, Satan, you can't have my children. Satan, I declare, you cannot have what belongs to me that has been ordained for me by God in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have everything that God's ordained for me to have. Satan, you can't have my marriage. You can't have my husband. You can't have my wife. You cannot have my son. You cannot have my daughter. You cannot have my grandchildren. You cannot have my finances. You cannot have my health. You cannot have my peace and my joy. You cannot have my victory. In the name of Jesus. So Lord God, come on Lord God. I thank you tonight for every brother, every sister, in Christ Jesus, who has helped me along the way. And with the help of the Holy Ghost and the prayers of the saints of God, my future is bright. I'm gonna make it to the mountaintop in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.